Welcome to Dementia Dialogue. In this episode, we return to our theme of arts and dementia and listen in on a conversation between Lisa Loisel and Chris Wynn. Chris is a documentary filmmaker whose father developed dementia at the age of 57. We have Chris Wynn with us. This is a part of the Arts and Dementia podcast series. Now, Chris, we've known each other for many years. Yes. Um, we've worked together uh, in uh, a, a number of capacities. So you have been in the television industry for, again, for many, many years. And the reason we met and connected is you created a couple documentaries and it started with your father's diagnosis of young onset dementia. So today I wanted to really talk about the portrayal of dementia in the media. And as a filmmaker, as somebody who works in in television, you know, how do you think TV is portrayed or that that dementia is portrayed in the media? And and can you just talk a little bit about what you've done and, and what you've created? Sure. Thanks again for having me, Lisa. Um, happy to be here. Uh, so yeah, I created two feature documentaries for television for both TV Ontario and the Knowledge Network. First film called Forgetful Not Forgotten was about my father and uh, his his struggles and my family's struggles with uh, early onset dementia, early onset Alzheimer's. The second film I made was called Much Too Young with also on the same subject, but focusing more on younger caregivers. So focusing on four different families with kids uh, under the age of 30, uh, sometimes even as young as 13, dealing with a parent with, again, early onset. Um, so those both those films, first of all, it's not something I ever planned to do. It wasn't like, I had been working in television in Toronto back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And, uh, I was working as an assistant editor and I'd worked on films and worked on music videos and on sets. So, and I had done photography before that. So it was definitely a passion of mine for sure. Um, but my first instinct was actually just to help. The first film that I made, Forgetful Not Forgotten, about my dad, I didn't set out to make that film. I was actually just there helping my mother as a caregiver. So I actually moved in with them for two years and gave up my job in Toronto and moved into the Laurentians in Quebec, uh, into the cottage uh, and lived with them and helped my mother take care of him. And I had a video camera. And so it was a passion of mine to always videotape anything. So I just started filming and uh, it turned into that film. So again, it wasn't something I really set out to do. It was just something that I, I wanted to do. It kind of gave me something to do while I was caregiving as well. And then after a while, I realized I had all this footage and I should really do something with it. And that film actually came together uh, after he had passed away. I had put that film together and I had seen, so going back to when he was diagnosed and everything, you know, I didn't really know much about the disease. My family didn't know much. And so in the media, I found uh, you know, again, this is the late 90s, early 2000s, something would come on at the six o'clock news about Alzheimer's and we'd all tune in. Oh, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? But the problem with six o'clock news, and it's the same today, is those stories are like two minutes, not yeah. even, you know, they just touch on stuff. So basically, uh, the stories they were talking about weren't really relevant to what we were going through. And, you know, there was when it came to 
TV or feature films, there really wasn't much at all out there. You know, I think um, there was a few Hollywood films where maybe one of the uh, bit parts or one of the secondary characters, like a grandmother might have, you know, memory loss or something. And sometimes it was just played out as a joke until like, you know, something like a movie like The Notebook came along. Which right. you know, uh, people loved, and it's it's a it's not a bad movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that's not really. Uh, it doesn't portray Alzheimer's in in every aspect of it, and I actually don't know if you can make a movie that portrays Alzheimer's in every aspect of it. So there really wasn't much on TV or movies at all um, back then, and that's not where we looked for information, anyways. You know, we we did whatever the other family did and went to the Alzheimer's Society and went to support groups and met with other families. And that's what really helped a lot was other families talking to other families that were at different stages to see, you know, what they were going through and what maybe you'd see coming up in the future. So that's kind of how we, as a family sort of did our research, but, or not research, but learned about the disease, but really also learned about the disease just by living through it. So me filming my dad on a daily basis, you know, I learned a lot about, uh, well, I learned more about how my mother was a caregiver than anything and uh seeing that and then putting uh, i think putting that film together really helped myself and my family and uh i think it helped actually a lot of people because it was now there was a lot of documentary there's other documentaries great ones made about alzheimer's dementia as well um and i think those i think it's really hard to portray like a fictional like act an actor trying to portray someone with dementia and alzheimer's because you really don't know what they're thinking um so i think for film and television it was really the documentary stuff that was was the most appealing and that's why i decided to make mm-hmm. dad yeah and, um you know it went on to help a lot because what happened was and again this is i never expected to make the film and I didn't expect to to what happened afterwards and that's how you and I met but was basically the film came out in 2009 on TVO and uh, it got amazing reception but then what happened was a few months later um, different chapters of the Alzheimer's Society asked me if I would come and show the film and talk about it so this started happening probably in 2010 that I would travel it started off with like one chapter of the Alzheimer's Society where I would go and, you know, there's maybe an audience of 20 or 30 people, families, caregivers, uh, care workers, anybody. Um, we'd show the film and then I'd speak afterwards and I'd never spoken in front of audiences as well. So it was all kind of new to me. And then different chapters started calling me up and uh, for like a two and a half to three year period, I, I just traveled around. Uh, not full-time because I had a young family at the time, but I did a lot of traveling, mainly through Ontario. Like I think I went to every, almost every chapter of the Alzheimer's Society in, in Ontario, even up to Northern Timmins and Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie, um, doing the same thing, showing the film and then talking about it afterwards. So I think it had a really good reception. Like it, it really hit people hard. I even went down to Boston. Uh, I traveled around BC, the Alzheimer's Society of British Columbia. Uh, I did a little tour with them in Winnipeg and obviously in and around uh, Quebec and Montreal. Um, I was doing that as well. So it was, it, was, it was interesting to see how many people it had touched. And I think, again, it was because it was so raw and so real that people really, you know, people really connected with it. And during this time is... Because again, Forgetful Not Forgotten was a film that I just, 
I had to make where I felt like I wanted to make something else. Like there was a bunch of stuff I didn't get to touch on in that film. And in that film, I didn't really get to touch so much. I'm in the film and I narrate it and everything, but I don't think I really touched on how much it changed my life, like being a young caregiver and changing my life around. And so during all those tours and meeting with other families, there was quite a few times where I met most, again, most families were, you know, dealing with someone in their 80s or their 70s or a parent. Um, but there was the rare time I had a young family come up to me with young kids, like teenagers and stuff like that. And they were dealing with, you know, uh, a parent or a spouse or something. And so I thought, you know, again, um, another way to tell a different story is to just to tell it from a younger kid's perspective, to show that perspective, but also to possibly get a younger younger demographic interested in watching it if they were watching a film whether it touched them or not whether they had alzheimer's in their family or not i thought they'd be more interested in watching kids their own age in a film like that so that's how i came up with the idea for much too young mm -hmm. which again took me quite a few years to even get off the ground i think it was about four years of just talking to families throughout ontario and toronto and montreal and it wasn't until i got a couple of families that were actually interested and i did some basic filming of myself with, by myself of just going to have dinner with them and stuff. And then it kind of took off after that. Um, and that film, Much Too Young, which also played on TVO in 2017, it focuses on four families, all dealing with a, a younger parent. And that was really interesting as well to put that together because it wasn't just me. I did have a crew and stuff. And um, the guys that I was working with, the, the cinematographer and the sound guy, because it was just three of us, they didn't know anything about Alzheimer's. And it was amazing to see their journey, the crew, how they went from, you know, I think we filmed over a year and a half or two years, how they, from day one, how they went in and thought about someone with Alzheimer's until, you know, day 40, how they're comfortable they were around people with the disease now it was amazing to watch as well. It's almost like a, another documentary in itself there. Yeah. So Putting those two and that film, I think I did sort of, I didn't do as much touring with that as I did with Forgetful Not Forgotten. I did do some presentations and stuff like that, which was good. That helped a lot as well, because again, it was very, we, we kept these both documentaries very raw, meaning like we didn't set up a lot. We kind of just let the cameras roll and really wanted to capture people with the whole fly in the wall thing, like just watching a family or watching a, a, an individual or a caregiver with the disease we just kind of let it play out, meaning like we just filmed and filmed and filmed and then went into the editing and thought, what was the most, you know, uh, how should we put this film together and stuff like that. Where other stuff, fictional films, you know, it is very scripted. It is very, again, I, I just, I, you know, when Still Alice came out with Julianne Moore, I thought that mm -hmm. was, I thought that was really good. She did a really good job. And I think that's probably one of the, the best performances. And I know there's been other films. I think the main thing lately is in the last, five years there's just a lot more out there now than there was in the late 90s and, and early 2000s meaning there's a lot more in the media um you know again they still tell two minute stories at six o'clock news but there's a lot more on television and there's a lot more feature films and obviously a lot more books and stuff so i just think it's out there a lot more which is great because i've always said that even if you watch one of my films you're not going to get the whole story because right. how can i cover, how can i cover the whole spectrum of dementia or alzheimer's you know in one in an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half and i think it's impossible to do it and i don't think you should do it because it's just too much information so my when i when i what i usually tell the people is you know watch more than 
one thing or two things if you really want to the best thing is still to talk to other families talk to your real families in my opinion yeah. but if you're watching a documentary or watching a fictional film on alzheimer's just be aware that this is just one story yeah. and there's so many others out there and you want to learn as much as you can about the disease and you should watch as many things as possible oftentimes you'll see in the media you know a person that's 85 years old in the end stages very confused and so for the general public that can cause some real issues when it comes to the stigma that's associated with dementia that's uh, you know the one thing i always remember in my mind is the commercials about the gentleman that keeps going to the store and buying lemons yeah yeah and, and that's the that's the general public is seeing so for someone like you who you know you see all of this stuff but you actually go and make an effort to you know research and find out and and speak to other people a lot of us are just looking at what's on television the commercials and you know it i think it causes a lot of misconceptions about dementia and so did you ever think of this when you were creating your films did you think that you know, it would help to change people's perspective of, of what it is. I know it's only one perspective, but for me, it, seeing both of these films multiple times, you know, it's not the typical story, right? When you, when you as a young carer, you know, again, when we see people living with dementia and their, their care partners, their family members, they're usually older. So you were giving a different perspective um, and something that I think was really important. Yeah, I think that was definitely uh, for sure in creating Much Too Young and when I was even, you know, putting Forgetful Not Forgotten together, it, it's did, it did come to me a lot because, again, exactly what you just said, that a lot of people had just seen or just knew, like we didn't even know as a family that somebody, my dad was diagnosed at 57, right? We had no idea that someone could be diagnosed that young. Right. Because all we heard in the media was that you get it, you can get it in your late seventies or eighties. Um, so, and again, at that point, the only, you know, documentaries I, or films I had seen had been the same sort of thing on national film board or CBC or, or whatever was always, you know, somebody, a couple, a lovely couple in their late seventies or early eighties, maybe one of them is in a, in a home already or something like that. Those are the stories. And that's what you're right. That's exactly what the general media, a general population saw. So um, definitely, I think when I was uh, putting Forgetful Not Forgot together, uh, Forgetful Not Forgotten together, the film about my dad, that's exactly what I was thinking that because the same story had been told over and over and over and over, then let's look at it from a different perspective because um, if you're just telling the same story over and over, then you're just, you know, you're not getting through to people or people aren't, you know, or they're just gonna change the channel and they're gonna say, oh yeah, I, you know, I saw, uh, I saw a film, about this the other night so why would I watch this one in fact I think there was uh you know when we were trying to get forgetful not forgotten funded you know uh we went to a bunch of different broadcasters and funders and they kind of said the same thing oh I've seen this before I've seen a film like this before and I was like you have and they're like oh yeah somebody with you know Parkinson's or cancer or something so you know it's not right for us right now so which was kind of upsetting at that time because I'm thinking it's not the same but you know, it didn't fit their bill. But anyways, 
um, yeah, so definitely looking at it from a different perspective was a, for sure for the second film, Much Too Young, you know, actually saying that this 13 year old is a Alzheimer's caregiver. In fact, that's what our poster was. It was a picture of one of the girls from the film, Aurelia, who was from Montreal and she was only 13 years old and we put her front and center and in the caption was, this is, you know, this is, this is an a, a Alzheimer's caregiver or, you know, this is the face of an Alzheimer's caregiver. And it wasn't a picture of someone in their 70s, 80s, it was a 13 year old girl. So we thought that's a way to really capture people right away. Because if they see that, they're like, how can this girl, how can this young 13 year old girl be a caregiving for someone? And she was, she was caregiving for her dad who was 52. Yeah. So again, it was just trying to look at it from a different perspective, look at it from a younger perspective as well, because I still know it's not, you know, young Alzheimer's and early onset or whatever they call it now. I still know it's not, um, still, most people still get it in their 70s and 80s, but there's, there's a lot more people getting it now that are younger. Um, so it was definitely, that idea was to try to look at it from a different angle, to try to tell a different story. So it's not the same story over and over. Do you think things have changed? So from when you first made Forgetful Not Forgotten, and, and seeing the portrayal of people living with dementia and their family members who are care partners, do you think it's changed at all in the media, the way people are portrayed? The, what hasn't changed is the way mainstream media journalists, if they haven't been through it or they don't know anything about it, they're still gonna ask the same questions. Hmm. You know, And it's always about the heartache and the, the forgetfulness and, you know, the question, when did your dad not know you were his son? It's those same questions that keep coming up until you are interviewed, like you're interviewing me now because you know it, you know? I can tell when someone interviews me that's been through it or is going through it or knows about it or has researched it because they have the, you know, the questions are different where if I've, and I've been on, you know, TV and radio and print as well, where it is just a journalist. And they're just doing, they're getting their research from where it's been for years and years and years. So it is about the heartache and the hardship and you know how tough it is. And I'm not saying it's not tough. Of course, we all know how tough this disease is, but there are, there are other aspects of it that people don't even know about because it's not portrayed in the media. You know, like the, you know, the, there can be joy, there can be, you know, great parts of it. There can be discovery, there can be still learning, you know, there can be the whole, the one word I always come back to is acceptance, right? Accepting these people for who they are and that they're still a person and that was my dad and it's still my dad or accept him for who he is at that moment, right. even if he has the disease, you know, that's something hard for a family to do, um, especially when you're going through it. Um, but those kind of things never come up in interviews. So where do you think things should go from here? So, you know, there's definitely a huge difference between documentary film and your, you know, typical Hollywood. So um, I just watched The Father with um, Anthony Hopkins. And yeah. it, it was it was different, I think, than some of the other Hollywood movies that I've seen about dementia, um, even compared to Still Alice. Um, because what it does, it, it, how I felt watching it, I felt very confused um, very anxious. Um, and I think that was kind of the whole point of the story is to make people feel like have that affective change. And I think it, 
it did, uh, it did, it was successful in doing that. And I've never, never seen a, a Hollywood film kind of try to do that, make you feel kind of confused. And I, I think just in interviewing people living with dementia for so many years and uh, family, uh, you know, care partners, you know, I think it did a good job from what I know. Um, but again, I don't know, I'm thinking more of a ethical and, 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 you know, moral perspective on should we be doing this kind of, you know, should Hollywood continue to make movies that are specific to different diseases or different conditions where they have no idea what the person is, is thinking or feeling compared to a documentary film when, when people, you know, it's, it's more of a lived experience. And I, I, I get conflicted about that. And, and I think I'm just, I, I feel overprotective of, you know, people who have gone through this and, and how it kind of minimizes um, that experience. And it, it, it angers me, yeah. to be quite honest, um, that, you know, they make films and they make fun of people living with dementia. And I don't know, I, what, what are your thoughts about that? Should people stop making kind of these Hollywood films about these different conditions? And no, I don't think they should stop. I think, um, again, I, I can see the evolution again, how they, they're making more and I haven't seen, you know, The Father and, and there's even another one it's uh, anyways I don't remember the name of it either way but so I think that's basically when it comes down to it is again it all depends on who's watching this and what are they getting from it and that's basically that's for any film or any television show at all right who's the audience so and I agree with you and I know what you mean and a lot of families get upset when they say well that's not how you know Alzheimer's is and dementia is I think they're doing a better job researching you know, I don't think these big Hollywood films just say, you know, obviously, and I know someone like Anthony Hopkins, he's method acting, meaning like he's doing his research the best he can. Now, he can't get into someone with Alzheimer's and dementia's head, but he also can't get into, he played Richard Nixon, right? Can't get into his head either. So he's doing his, the best job that he can. However, it's, it's not like these Hollywood films are saying, this is Alzheimer's, this is dementia, when they put it out there, right? I don't even think they're using the word Alzheimer's and dementia, which I think is actually a really good thing. If they're just putting a film out there saying it's a father and daughter story, right? You know, even I'll even say it myself that my last film, Much Too Young, people said, I heard you made another film about Alzheimer's dementia. I'm always saying, yes, it's got Alzheimer's dementia in it, but it's really a story about families and stories about, you know, connections and relationships and stuff like that. So I think there's still a stigma when you're talking about stigma, and I've said this for years, there's still stigma behind the word Alzheimer's dementia, you know, often thought the Alzheimer's society should change their name, you know, or because if you advertise something with the word Alzheimer's dementia, people are not, are, you know, People still don't watch the films I made. People still don't go to, I'm not going to that Alzheimer's dementia. It's not part, it doesn't affect me. Why would I go to that? So I think it's a good thing if these Hollywood films don't emphasize that. And then you go in and you start watching it and you realize afterwards, oh, the father has memory loss or something. So again, I think it has to do with the viewer. Meaning like if you're gonna sit down and think this is what Alzheimer's is, then you, you've already lost. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. You should just be watching it as a movie, whether you like it or not, and then, you know, watch another movie or a documentary. And like I said, watch a bunch of different things and then kind of piece it together yourself and say, mm -hmm. you know, I think they did a good job here. I don't think they did a good job there. 
but a lot of people it's just you know they're just trying to get entertained or something so it depends also i don't know i don't know you know i mean dementia and alzheimer's used to just be called senile right yeah. so they're usually, you know and they there was a movie oh it's like christmas vacation it's chevy chase mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie his aunt and uncle show up and she's got she's just like she definitely has some kind of dementia or memory loss and she's just a joke hilarious right she's just um i don't think i haven't seen anything like that in years mm-hmm. it kind of stopped doing that I, maybe there is you know i've not it's if it, i haven't seen it so i think they're doing a better job um than they were but they're still i don't think the filmmakers or anthony hopkins are like even again forget that forgetful not forgotten i don't even explain what alzheimer's dementia is and i don't do it in much too young either because people can just research that or they might know what it is. I don't go into what happens in the brain. I don't go into any of that stuff because they are just stories. So if a film is trying to say, this is Alzheimer's and dementia, then it better do a pretty goddamn good job because it shouldn't be advertising that. And again, it's up to the viewer when they're watching it to say, okay, I know there's a person with Alzheimer's dementia in this and I have a family member with it. And, but it's not, what my mother or father are going through there it's you know is it similar i don't know maybe there's some other aspects of it just keep an open mind to it but um understand that they're not trying to put it all in the umbrella right like this everything together and you're going to finish this movie and you're going to know what the disease is like because i think it's impossible and i don't think filmmakers are trying to do that anyway so i hear what you're saying though like i I, uh, used to get offended while watching some things and I, I think the first time I watched the notebook because because somebody had said to me oh, I watched the notebook so I know I, not that I know what Alzheimer's is like but I've seen it because I've seen the notebook yeah. somebody's actually said that to me years ago and that's kind of what it's like no yeah. you, know, you can't just see one film or something and, and think you know what it's like because yeah. you know maybe they didn't do a great job so I think it's still important that they're making films i think it's important like someone like anthony hopkins is playing didn't he i think he won the oscar last year didn't he or something anyways did he? I can't remember. maybe yeah he did he did he won the for best actor and julianne moore won best actress yeah. when she played was in still alice too yeah. so yeah. you know and if if they're getting up on stage and saying something which i don't know if they did or not but i think anything uh helps to get it other than the six o'clock news the two yeah. minutes I think that helps a lot more. Um, so I think they should continue doing it. I just think they need to do um, their research, uh, the filmmakers and the actors. And more than that, just say, you know, not even say, but just like, just don't say that this is a film about Alzheimer's dementia. Yeah. Just, you know, put it out there and let people, uh, you know, decide on their own. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really important statement kind of to, to, to wrap this all up is that, you know, these films and and it's portrayed in the media but you got to take it with a grain of salt right it really is not the end all and be all of what dementia is and and unfortunately i think the unfortunate thing is that people still see that right like they still see it as oh okay now i know what dementia is now i know what that experience is like only way you're ever going to know is by living through it or a really close neighbor or someone in the family that you spend time with not just having an aunt and uncle that you heard has dementia and you see them once every 
six months. That's not it. And so even if it's in your family, even you still need to, you know, be around them and spend time with them. And you have, you should, um, because it takes a whole family to support each other, but that's the only really way you're going to know, not even all the aspects. I still don't even know all the aspects. You know, people say, Oh, Chris, you must be an expert because you made two films with Alzheimer's dementia. I'm like, I still don't know. You know, I only know, I don't even know if what my, if my dad had Alzheimer's dementia, you know, he had something. I know. I know what he got to be like and, and the families that I, that I hung out with a lot and all the families that I've met over the years through you and through other people, you know, there's so many different stories. And the interesting thing is about those stories is when I talked before about doing all those presentations, at the end, I would do a presentation. I'd just talk about making the film, why I made the film, other things about my dad. Um, and then I do a Q&A, like, and a lot of other people in the audience were going through it. And they would just start telling me their story, right? They wouldn't even have a question. They would just start tell- talking to me. So, you know, people want to, like, because they feel alone and isolated. And this is a whole different conversation. But those stories, that's what I encourage people to do. I said, tell your story. You might not want to. You might not think you should, whether it's through a journal or a blog or a podcast or filming it or whatever. I just knew that it helped because it, it, it touches a lot more people and it brings people more together. Yeah. So as hard as it can be. And I still encourage people to do that, to tell their own story, you know? And yeah, I totally encourage these films, whether they're Hollywood or television or whatever, to just, you know, keep telling those stories because when I was going through it as a family, there was nothing, there was really nothing. Telling stories is what this podcast is all about. Stories that help us understand ourselves and stories that help us understand each other. Thanks to Chris for sharing his own personal experience as a son and then as the creator of these two important Canadian films. Links to these films can be found in our show note accompanying this episode. Chris's observations about dementia in the media are insightful about how the media often has a one-sided view of dementia and fails to see the joy and love that abides. This episode concludes our series on the arts and dementia. There are close relationships between this series and some of our other episodes. For example, Chris's films share a lot on young onset dementia, and we have a series that is running concurrently. Art and life mirror each other. Thanks to Lisa Loisel for curating and hosting this series. Together, the eight episodes represent a broad range of artistry that interpret dementia, offer new ways of communicating, and enable us to find new ways of being with each other. Some of our artists are living with dementia. Some came to dementia through their art, and others came through close relationships. All are advocates for change and see art as one means of achieving it. In mid-May, we released our third Francophone episode with Claire talking about her poetry and art and how they help her adapt to living with Parkinson's. Even if you do not understand French, you can see her art on the note accompanying the episode. If you want to have our episodes delivered to your inbox, write to us at dementia.dialogue at lakeheadu.ca. 
Thanks to the Center for Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University, our institutional partner, and to the Public Health Agency of Canada for its financial support. We are ending this episode and our series on the arts and dementia with a clip from a song session convened by the Toronto Recollective, a project that brings folks living with dementia together with people who enjoy singing with others. These days they meet together on Zoom, but this clip was recorded just before COVID set in. Our show note has more information about the project and the tools they offer to others to help start their own group. The pianist for this recording is a 95-year-old woman who lives with dementia, and the musicians are all volunteers. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. My name is David Harvey.